What is up? And welcome back to Beyond the Art with Brandon Silvers. As always, I am your host, Brandon Silvers. All right, so it's March Madness. And if you've been listening or watching, you know I am all in on it. It's super exciting. And I'm as locked in as I can be while still being a productive member of society. However, that's going to be over with soon. But baseball season is about to start. And it got me thinking, can I be that excited about baseball? And I really want to be, but it's been a struggle because I'm constantly comparing it to basketball and the MLB hasn't been the best at putting off fun and exciting vibes. A big reason for that, in my opinion, is that they haven't been great at marketing the fun and exciting players. So if you're somebody like me who needs that, or maybe you're already there and you just want more excitement, I've got the perfect MLB preview for you. Obviously, I'm ill-equipped to do that myself, but I'm joined by the only two people in the world who can get anybody hyped about baseball. First up, batting leadoff, I guess. You know him from he- on here as Brett's Betts host, Brett Gosnell. Brett, what is going on? How you doing? And then the man, the myth, the legend, the host of the only baseball podcast that I listen to, Mr. Danny Foxworth. Danny, what is up? All is right in the world, man. I'm here. Uh, I'm locked and loaded. I'm ready to go. Talk some baseball. Let's go ahead and get into it. First of all, the people need y'all's resumes. So who are some fun guys y'all watched growing up? Brett, again, why don't you start off? All right. So... Going back to furthest, Ichiro Suzuki. Um, so he wasn't the first player to come over from Japan, but uh, probably the best. I, aside from Otani now, I think he's the best that's ever come over from Japan. Um, right fielder for the Seattle Mariners. He had thousands of hits in Japan. Come over here, had thousands of hits. If you put the two leagues together, he's the all-time hit leader over Pete Rose. Um, I've never seen anybody play the game the way he did, and I was just enamored with it. Uh, I was a kind of a slap-hitting dude myself when I played, didn't have a lot of power, and I just loved Ichiro. I loved the... uh, It was almost like he had a tennis racket instead of a bat. I mean, he could... He was never striking out, always making contact, and he could... He'd hit the ball wherever he wanted to. I mean, like Tony Gwynn could find – he'd always hit that hole between shortstop and third. Ichiro could hit any hole he wanted to. I mean, I've never seen him just place the baseball where he wanted to. He, he'd hit it off the bounce. They'd throw a ball in the dirt and it'd bounce. He'd still get a base hit. Um, just incredible high average hitter. I think he batted 360 one year. I mean, just insane stuff. And had a huge arm, despite being a little dude, had a huge arm, gunning guys out from right field all the time. So, yeah, maybe my number one all-time favorite player to watch, Ichiro Suzuki. From home to first, this dude. 3.9 seconds, I'm pretty sure, yes. Mm, That's wild. And even that was by design. That wasn't like he's the fastest dude. He – He's running as he's hitting the ball. I mean, it's just, I, again, another thing I've never seen anybody do before. Danny, you got someone to, to top that? Um, just to piggyback off of what Brett said. Yeah, that's I just like you said, Brett. I've never in my life seen anybody do what Ichiro do. Uh, Ichiro did. He wasn't on my list, but now that you brought him up. I, Good gracious, man. I mean, just the batting stance, like when he would get set and he would pull that sleeve back. Yeah. Like, yeah. I did when, that too. And it's like, I always did that. Yeah. And like, and as soon as he is, just like you said, he's basically running as he slap as he slaps the ball and he's already taken off the first base. Like as soon as he makes contact. Yeah. That was something that was, that was something to behold. Cause I'd never in my life seen a player have that kind of style. Yeah. My um my first submission would be my all-time favorite baseball player, Ricky Henderson. Cause he just played, he redefined the leadoff position. I've never seen anybody play like him. He had this just such a style, such a swagger. I mean, he 
so many records. I mean, he's all-time leader of stolen bases. That's never going to get broken. I think he's all-time leader in runs scored, if I'm not mistaken. Um, all-time leader in leadoff home runs. Yeah, I mean, he. I think he was an MVP one year. And the fact that he refers to himself in the third person, that's <laughs> that's good enough for me. <laughs> it was a story that uh, Harold Reynolds told one time. Ricky was, I think Ricky was hurt. So Harold Reynolds won the uh, stolen bases title that year. And he said, Ricky called him up thinking he was going to congratulate Harold. And Harold said, Ricky called him up and said, man, you ought to be ashamed. He said, 68 stolen bases. He said, Ricky had that by the all-star break and hung up the phone. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's my guy. Oh, my gosh, man. That is the type of confidence that Brandon's trying to get himself. <laughs> oh, my God. So so who else? Because, man, yeah, both those guys, I loved watching. Ricky probably more so just his interviews and even on the field. Like, he's super entertaining, dude. I do remember stories about Ichiro, like, learning English and being a big fan of American curse words, too. So... The, uh, so, I don't know exactly when this happened, but uh, Ichiro was getting texts once he was already over here with the Mariners and texts all the time uh, from this one particular person asking about his workout routine. The person turned out to be Tom Brady. And uh, one day, Ichiro just uh, he, in the dugout asked his uh, fellow teammates, who the fuck is Tom Brady? <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard that one. That's yeah. hilarious because that that also shows how long Tom Brady has been playing football. Seriously. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Lunatic. Well, who? So who else did y'all grow up watching? Man, uh, um, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say my second person that I loved watching growing up was Ozzie Smith. Oh, that's that's good. That's a Cooper real good Slick one. Fielder. I mean, nothing got by nothing got by him at the, at the shortstop position. I mean, just I think double digit gold gloves, and I mean, even during the play introductions when he does the backflip going to the, going to his position. I mean, the man is one of one. Yeah. Can either one of y'all yeah, do a backflip? Never. I I successfully did it one time off my parents' mattress when I was like. 10 <laughs> i get up in the air and i get scared and i'm just like so <laughs> no more especially he was doing it on like turf too yeah yeah in cleats that hard like tennis court turf they yeah. played on you messed that up buddy and <laughs> that's that's a great one so brad who else you got so i'll go chronologically here after each year of the Next most entertaining player that come along for me was Manny Ramirez. So, I always, my dad's a Boston fan, so I always liked him from Boston. But when the Dodgers traded for him, that second half of that season that they traded for Manny at the trade deadline, the most entertaining half of baseball I have ever seen. I mean, this dude, you cannot get him out. And he wouldn't just – he wouldn't eat your own slapping base hits. I mean, it was doubles off the wall, home runs, just matching it. And, like, ESPN and, like, cover – if he was watching sports or something, they would cut into the game to show his at-bats. Like, I mean, it was must-watch television for everybody. I've never seen another player get that type of coverage in baseball. I mean, it was – it was incredible. It, it was – our season ended pretty early in the playoffs against Philadelphia. My God, what a half of baseball I got to see that season. That was so much fun. Can can y'all hear his name without seeing him cutting off Johnny Damon from 10 feet away? <laughs> that's, my, that's my favorite moment. That and when he and when he caught the ball in the one and track and went up and high fived this fan in the stands <laughs> while the play was still going. Yeah, yes. And then the he didn't he walk inside the green monster in the middle of a game too? Yeah. Yep. 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 Then he went in there to go take a piss, if I'm not mistaken. That's that's right. That's right. <laughs> that's that's what you do in Boston. You just go where you go. Those it's people his world and we're and we're living in it. Yes. That's that's high baseball IQ to know that you can piss in the green monster. Like I wouldn't have known that. 
And he said like, he was treated like a dumb guy, like a dumb player. Like he's just, he was, and he, yeah, right. Like now cutting Johnny Damon off shore, but he was a student of the game. Like he studied hitting, like he, he studied the pitchers like nobody else from what I understand. Man, with Damon's arm, I think that that's pretty smart too, honestly. Uh, yes, very true. Very true. <laughs> and who else, like you said, who else knows that you can piss inside the green monster? Yeah, well, that was probably a surprise to the scorekeeper. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, there's probably been worse things that's taken place in there, though. So, um, Danny, who else you got? Oh wow, um, Mo Vaughn. Mo Vaughn was always one of my favorite oh. players because he had su- his swing was such a violent uppercut, and once he got a hold of it, I mean, you can put the kids to bed. That ball was going about 600 feet. <laughs> I remember him from, uh, I it might've been MVP baseball back in the day. I, was that the EA sports one, the video game? And yep. I can just yep. see his yep. giant video game physique in the, the angels, that old angels uniform. Yeah. He was with them. He was with the Red Sox. He was with the Mets. So yeah, he, he, he made a stamp everywhere he went. I'm loving it. Brett, you got anybody else? I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna put together my own list of former players, I think. Last one I got the wild horse, Yasiel Puig. Amen. Uh, any Dodgers fan would be remiss. I mean, the single most entertaining baseball player probably, you know, since Ichiro retired. Uh huge arm, uh hit line drives, you know, huge power. He wasn't up there to walk. He was he was trying to get hits. Um, great player, but he'd also entertain you in some not great player ways. The base running would get adventurous sometimes, and as long as it was the regular season, that was that was fun too. Uh, so yeah, you know I I can't talk enough about Yasiel Puig. Just from the moment he come up, like the moment we brought him up, he was just banging away i mean he probably batted 500 his first month up with the team it was they, incredible the league figured month. out yeah the league figured out you could he'd he'd swing and miss at these sliders off the plate away and they struck him out like that for like a week but then he adjusted to that just kept banging away i mean just a great great player and just fun had fun playing the game and that's yes. gonna be a common theme with me tonight like my favorite players, they enjoy the game. And that's the main thing I ask, just have fun out there. Yes, although it wasn't always appreciated by Don Mattingly or uh, yeah. Brian McCann, my least favorite player. Oh, God. <laughs> that dude that guy. has, yeah, yeah, exactly. But, yeah, Puig knew how to have fun. I miss him. But uh, I think he was he was overcoming, like, a, a gambling addiction. Really? That's, too. Yeah, that's right. Yep. I didn't know that. So that's unfortunate, but hopefully he gets that figured out and we see him again soon. And I know, I think he has some other stuff too, uh, some lawsuits with women. So hopefully that shit ain't true either because that was a mess. All right. So I think despite my bias towards basketball, I think I've got a pretty good list here of former players who are entertaining. We're going to see if y'all agree and if I can surprise y'all with some things. Are you ready? Uh, Yes, sir. All right. So batting leadoff for me is Tony Gwynn. This former San Diego State Aztec holds the school record for assists in a game season and career, a two-time all-WAC second team and was teammates with future NBA player slash soul glow spokesperson Michael Page Michael Cage excuse me he was drafted in the 10th round by the San Diego Clippers in the 1981 NBA draft I didn't know he was teammates with Michael Cage yeah, yep that's crazy San Diego wow. State I learned Did something I know he hooped I knew he hooped I knew because I knew he played. Um, he played point guard. Yes, but I had I was completely clueless about him being teammates with Michael Cage. That that's mind blowing. 
I've got some more famous teammates coming up. Batting second, Kenny Lofton, who as a child I thought was also the star of Major League. Um, <laughs> but that was Willie Mays Hayes. Um, a speedy point guard who was the backup to Steve Kerr on Lute Olson's 1988 Final Four team at Arizona. Started the next season and helped lead the team to the Sweet 16. Still number five in career steals and played with another former Bulls great in Judd Bushler. This judge for you. Remember that wonderful wow. Budweiser commercial. <laughs> I'm learning all kinds of stuff tonight. I'm, I knew I'm he played it. Yeah, because I knew he played at uh, at Arizona State, but I didn't know that he was teammates with Steve Kerr and Judd Bushler. Exactly. That's high. What, what high class? Odds? You don't get much better as a white role player than Steve Kerr <laughs> and Judd Bushler. Right. That's that's like for you young kids, that's Austin Reeves level. <laughs> Both former Bulls. Yes. Batting third, you can't talk about baseball without talking about Jackie Robinson. One time West Coast Conference MVP at UCLA, averaged 12.4 points per game in 1940, including a monster 25 point game against Stanford. In 1940, that's probably like 150 points in today's game. Good pick. Cairo, Georgia native. That's right. From the South. Yep. Fourth, I got Randy Johnson, 6'10 big man, attended Southern Cal on a partial basketball scholarship. He quit basketball after his sophomore season to focus on other interests, and he's now a photographer. Really? That's right. Yeah, his uh, his logo of his company is, is, is a dead bird. <laughs> right when he killed him. <laughs> this well is a played. A bonus Randy Johnson fact. We're recording this Friday the 24th, 22 years to the day he killed that bird. No shit. Wow. <laughs> then Dave Winfield. A bruising go. forward who helped Minnesota win the Big Ten in 1972. That was their first outright conference title in 53 years at the time. 16 points, nine boards to beat Marquette in the first round of the 72 NCAA tournament, drafted by the Hawks in the fifth round in 1973. Now, that, now that's an interesting dude, too, because he was like a, a big forward. But didn't Steinbrenner hate that he didn't hit a, a lot of home runs? Yeah, he was a he was an average hitter first and foremost for sure. All right, let's see this this guy here annoys me. Danny Ainge <laughs> played three yep. seasons in the big leagues with the Toronto Blue Jays, where he hit two twenty with two homers over six hundred and sixty five at bats. He stopped playing baseball to go be annoying, and he fleeced a rod <laughs> in the Rudy Gobert trade. <laughs> then scott burrell famous for being in the last dance is michael jordan's uh whipping boy he was picked by the mariners in the same first round as frank thomas charles johnson chuck knoblock and mo vaughn decided to go to college later a first round pick in the nba Blue Jays drafted him again in the fifth round in 90, was two and six with a 3.71 ERA in the minors. Wow. I do remember him being a pitcher. I think he went to UConn for college. He did. And then that's crazy. Then he got to go be yelled at uh, by Michael Jordan, who is eighth <laughs> on this list. One of the greatest athletes ever struggled though outfielder in the minor leagues for the white Sox, as everyone knows i'm sure uh much like yasiel puig trouble hitting off-speed pitches hit 202 yep. three homers 51 rbi 30 stolen bases for the birmingham barons and the mlb strike happened so he went and made space jam <laughs> a good friend of mine described his uh, swing as looking like he was pushing some shit off a desk <laughs> he said he, he he was like man his follow through is disgusting those were uh, scouting reports 
for that's that's what he does now is the owner and like yeah right did he go to the <laughs> university of north carolina that's he was like hey sean may come through <laughs> right he was drafting all of danny's tar heels but then he he just drafted a duke guy which shocked me um hey, mark um, williams mark williams yeah yeah so he's been pretty good but jordan failing at baseball made me like I don't want to play baseball because if that dude couldn't play baseball, who can? Right. So I looked at it from the other way. Like, so he made it to double A. That's where it ended. Birmingham was double A, right? Yeah. Okay. So I was always impressed by without, I'm sure he played baseball growing up or whatever, but like going straight from basketball, you went to double A and like, somewhat held your own like that's that, that's actually like really impressive to me i mean that shows how incredible of an athlete he was yeah that's a good point and th that is a good I, th I was trying to remember stories about him training for baseball and they said he would just be pra he would practice hitting until his hands split open and would just be bleeding yeah. and he still yeah. had that weird follow-through where he was pushing shit off a desk <laughs> but you're right like he hit 202 i can't imagine hitting a hitting a baseball is the hardest thing in sport right. i believe yeah and so for you to do that that many times against pitchers who are going to the big leagues like yeah double a that's good you're seeing good pitching at double a for sure yeah yeah the fact that he like didn't strike out every single time is very impressive to me honestly that's so, a good man. point that hasn't translated over to, as I said, building a, an NBA team, but he's looking to sell them. So whatever, maybe yeah. he'll buy a baseball team. Like he's Magic sick, Johnson. He's, he's sick of the Hornets shit too. I mean, they're, <laughs> they're, they're bad. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, let's not talk about that. Um, and then finally, Bob Gibson. He averaged 22 a game as a junior for Creighton and was named third team Jesuit All-American. Went on to play for the Har Harlem Globetrotters when it wasn't like what it is now. It was they were actually playing ball, but he didn't like the travel schedule, so he left. <laughs> Speaking of which, I have a Bob Gibson story. Please share. So I was about maybe 10 or 11 years old, and this was during the summer and my friend, I went with my friend and their father to Atlanta for a sports me memorabilia convention. And his dad was all about Bob Gibson. And I mean, we were rushing down I 20 to get to Atlanta. He's like, I gotta meet Bob Gibson. I gotta meet Bob Gibson. This is my hero. And by the time we got in the convention center, Bob Gibson's autograph session had just wrapped up and he got away from his table and he was about to go, assuming he was going to go eat lunch or something. So his dad was like, Hey, Hey, Brian, y'all, y'all, you and you and Danny, y'all go up to Bob Gibson and tell him that y'all want an autograph. He's, I mean, he's not going to turn down kids. So I walk up, Brian walks up, Hey, mister. And Brian's tugging on his shoulder. And I don't know if Bob Gibson's blood sugar level was low or what. Cause he, Brian was like, can you sign this autograph? My dad, he's your biggest fan. He didn't even look. He was so dismissive. He turned around. He goes, man, get the fuck away from me, kid. And he, <laughs> and he goes to lunch. <laughs> Brian is just looking up like, <laughs> daddy, I tried. Oh, my gosh. And that is brutal. But that's, that, yeah, that was that's that. how I expect him to react, though. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I can't imagine hooping like hooping with that dude. Who, who would that be? What's the NBA comp for Bob Gibson? Like a dude who you just wouldn't want to, just wouldn't want to fuck with him. Charles like Oakley. A, oh, I think that might be it. Cause that dude, he slapped Charles Barkley in a, in a players association meeting. <laughs> he sure did. <laughs> I don't know what his autograph, uh, when I think of not getting autographs, the big one that happened to me was Patrick Ewing. Ooh, how about, that, yeah, what's, what's the story behind that one? So I was like four and they were playing the bullets at North Charleston Coliseum. And I was in awe of the whole thing. Cause I was just getting heavy into the NBA. 
And then I was obsessed with height. We were talking about Serge Wicker earlier uh, this week, me and Danny, who was 7'3". And so the Bullets had George Mirasan, who was 7'7". Seven, seven. Oh, yeah. Just a complete, like, sitting down, he's taller than assistant coaches. And so I'm mesmerized by that because I'm like, damn, maybe I can be that tall. I'm not. But um, – and then the Knicks were there, and, of course, I knew who Patrick Ewing was. And so – I, I was afraid to go approach the bench. So I did the reverse of what your friend's dad did, where I asked a grown adult male to take my Patrick Ewing card that I'd brought specifically for the occasion to get it signed. Mm -hmm. He sent that shit like it was a, a, a layup <laughs> to the third <laughs> row. <laughs> when I tell you, I bawled my eyes out on the way home <laughs> and never forgave Patrick Ewing. Oh, when the news broke that Georgetown had fired him, it was a celebration <laughs> in my home. Oh, man. I had not let it go. That is hilarious. Like, I don't know why I thought I, I might have had luck, although I've heard several stories where Patrick Ewing just was not about that autograph for anybody life. So it probably would have been even more traumatic if I'd gone up there and he damn threw one of his knee pads at me or something. <laughs> you get concussed if he got hit with one of them knee pads. <laughs> it's like the uh, the Al Horford mouthpiece of knee pads. <laughs> like, why is it that big? So, but so anyway, that's my list. Clearly a little bit basketball heavy. Did y'all know all those people that played ball? I, I did. did. Yeah. That's your, awesome. I was like, the the pictures of Tony Gwynn is like a Khalid Elamine type point guard with a big fro. Yeah. Bad. <laughs> and didn't Bob, I think, didn't Bob Gibson used to play for the Globetrotters too at yep. one point? Yep. And he was, uh, he didn't like their travel schedule. Oh, shocker. So, so he stopped, he stopped playing with them. So anyways, y'all are going to be better at this than me. So we're going to hear who we need to be paying attention to this season currently in Major League Baseball. Y'all have got your own lineups. We're going to go alternating. Hopefully, if we get some, some repeat picks, then if you're watching and listening, you really need to go check out that player. But y'all two are the experts, so let's get it started. Danny, like your boy Ricky Henderson, lead us off. All right, my leadoff hitter would be Jazz Chisholm from the from the Miami Marlins. Love that um, guy. He he can rake, real flashy. He he's one of my favorite league players to watch. So now this is this is the guy who everyone was like up in arms that he was on the cover of MLB The Show, right? Yep. Because why would they think he's like didn't earn it with his play or what's going on? Or he was too fun. Probably too fun. Yeah. <laughs> With a name like Jazz, you got to be, though. That's a good point. Man. He's living up to his name for sure. Jazz. The Eurostep celebration is – that's just such a good – Yeah. And I, I don't remember who the pitcher was that, that struck him out last year. Then he did the Eurostep yep. off the mound. That, yep. That's just – that's entertaining. That's good yeah. from both sides. I mean, that's just so good. I love that. Instead of just beating them, you get your you get your lick yeah, back, and then you exactly you, you return the favor. Yep. <laughs> End of story. A yep. Man, that's a hell of a first pick, Brett. Who you got? All right, lead off for me, Trey Turner. So, uh, former Dodger, uh, unfortunately, only for a year and a half. Signs with the Phillies now. Um, he's a household name at this point, but I still think he's underrated. I mean, he's a He's a top three player in the game in my eyes. I mean, the epitome of a five-tool player, speed, power, plays good defense, hits for average, and does all this just so smoothly. I mean, he just – everything about him is just so smooth. Uh, you know, we usually don't talk about a right-handed hitter having a beautiful, smooth swing, but if there's ever been a beautiful right-handed swing, it's his. Um, and – do yourself a favor, Google Trey Turner sliding into home. Like his slides, this shit is just so gorgeous. Poetic. Poetic. Yeah. yeah. God. 
I've yeah. never I've watched that on loop for like a thousand times in a row. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> he even and, spells uh, Trey cool. Yes, yep. yes. I'm yep. not gonna lie, I uh, thought he was black before I saw his picture. <laughs> I was like, that's a black baseball player. I gotta watch him, but yeah, I guess not. <laughs> and I didn't know he played at NC State. Yeah. Yeah, uh, from Florida, played at NC State, so he's a southeastern kid. Yeah, just just love everything about him. Hate that he's not a Dodger anymore, but you know, yeah, better to uh, have loved and lost than not to have loved at all. I guess. Fair point. Mm. All right, Danny, who you got number two? My number two is my favorite non-Texas Ranger player in the league. That is Ronald Acuna of the Atlanta Braves. Very good. Just off the strength of his chains, right? <laughs> I picture him like deadlifting specifically to strengthen up his posterior <laughs> chains so he can re- wear all the chains. Yeah, yeah, he's always keeps been... the keeps the jersey unbuttoned like down to here to make sure yep. you see the chains. Love yep. it. <laughs> <laughs> so. I'm going to go ahead. I, I didn't have this guy as high up in my lineup, but I'm going to go ahead and put him here since we're talking chains. Jose Ramirez of the Cleveland Guardians. Good it, call. The best, the best chain game in the history of sports because his he's got a chain that's a picture of himself wearing the chain. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> chain seven. You know about that? That's some inception shit. I, no, yeah. I got to Google this, man. <laughs> Yes. So I was watching the, I was watching Dodgers uh, guardians uh, interleague game last year and the, the broadcast didn't point this out or anything. I just saw him standing on base and I could barely see it. And I was like, is that himself on the chain? <laughs> so I Googled it and damn sure it was. Wow. It's, yeah. His, his chain, it's a, it's a, like a pendant picture. That's a picture of him lifting this chain up for the camera. <laughs> <laughs> That is incredible. I know Ricky yeah, Henderson. Ricky Henderson's got to be like, damn, I wish I thought of that. Right. So Ricky wish he would have thought of that. That's what he yeah. would have said. That's, that is hilarious. All right. Man, that's a good pick. Danny, what you got number three? Um, For my third, um, I'm going to go to uh, my favorite team, the Texas Rangers, and I'm going to select Corey Seager, shortstop. Very good. Yeah, that hurts to hear. Yeah. It, yeah. But it's happy to have him, happy to have him with us. And he's been on fire this so far in spring training this year. I'm I'm looking forward to see what he what kind of pot firepower he brings to the Rangers this year. That dude is really he, cool. He was exceedingly close to making my list. Uh committed to play college at South Carolina, uh, big Gamecock fan, Silvers and I, uh, he's, he's from, uh, the same hometown as Dale Earnhardt, matter of fact, in North Carolina and was committed to play ball at South Carolina. Obviously went to the Dodgers. Is Kyle Seeger his brother? Yep. Wow. So, uh, former Tar Heel. Do you, uh, I think they still do it, but they definitely did it a few years ago where that one weekend they let the players wear whatever jerseys like they wear a nickname mm-hmm. um so kyle seager's name he wore on the back of his jersey that weekend was Corey's brother <laughs> that's funny i didn't know that so is kyle seager is he also fun and exciting or did Corey take all those genes uh, kyle seager he was he was semi-exciting from what I remember. I think he was with the Mariners for for yeah. a good amount of years. But he's he wasn't as exciting as his brother. I'll put it like that. Okay. Yeah, I agree with that. That's fair. It's it's uh at least he's he's on the average to above average. He's not on the Brian McCann, Madison Bumgarner. Oh, no, no, no. That's good to know. <laughs> All right, Brett, who you got number three? All right, I'm going to go ahead and go with Mookie Betts, Dodgers right fielder. So 
kind of similar to Trey Turner in that he's a five-tool player, not a big guy, but still has a lot of power, a lot of speed. Um, he's just a unreal athlete because he's, he's like 5'8 or 5'9, but he can dunk. He's a 300 bowler. Like, he could be a professional bowler if that's what he chose to do. It's ridiculous. Um, Danny, I don't know if you've noticed this about him. Despite being a short dude, he – there'll be a ball six inches off the plate away and he can still hit that ball out, go opposite field. I don't know if he's just got long arms or what it is, but his plate coverage is unreal for a five foot eight dude. And most importantly with him, you know, we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about, we love bat flips. We love trash talk and all that. And Mookie don't really do all that to the extreme, but he just has fun playing the game. I mean, he just, he's always got a smile on his face. He loves being out there and, Silvers, I'll ask you, what does the umpire say to start the game off before the game? Play ball. Play ball. Not work ball, play ball. And Mookie plays, he has fun, and that's what it's all about. So I love him. Good pick. Is, is he the the greatest athlete named Mookie or called Mookie? Because we got Mookie Blaylock and Mookie Wilson are the other two that came I was going to say it. It's close with Mookie Wilson. He's from South Carolina. Mookie Wilson from South Carolina, right? Yeah, he's from Bamberg. Yeah, yeah. Brought him up on my last episode of uh, At the Plate. I was listening nice. to that this morning. That's why the name was fresh in my mind. <laughs> so that's a that's a great pick. And we've learned if you want your kid to be cool, then you have to call him Mookie. Um, he's destined Danny, for greatness with a name like Mookie. Ex- exactly. Danny, who you got batting cleanup? Batting cleanup, I have Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Very good. First baseman, Toronto Blue Jays. Love his game. His swing is so much like his father's. Mm. And I, yes. I love it. <laughs> like that, ball will be, that ball will be halfway in the dirt, and he's still going to take a hack at it and get at least get a double out of it. I promise you that's how I would be, except I wouldn't make nearly as much contact. Oh, me either. Me but either. I would be up there like, it doesn't matter if the ball is near me. I'm just, we're up there to to swing. That's yeah. what I'm going to do. Like, man, his dad, that, that's weird how, like, you're right, is the swing almost looks exactly like his dad's. And that doesn't seem like something, swings are so unique. Yeah. To pass that down is incredible. And have it be effective too is incredible. Mm-hmm. That's gonna be a tough cleanup man, man to top. Brett, who do you have? I've got San Diego Padre Juan Soto. So yes, not much of a defensive player, not much of a base runner, but if you want to talk about entertaining at bats, he's a great hitter, a lot of power. Uh, good on base percentage and all that, but I'm talking about just aesthetically watching this man hit is so much fun. He make every pitch is entertaining because if it's a ball, he does, you know, half the time he'll do the little, he'll get low and do the little booty shake thing. Yep. Half the time he's talking shit to the pitcher. Like, yeah, that's where, <laughs> it's where you better leave it. Cause if you put it in the strike zone, something's going to happen to it. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's interacting with the pitcher. He I, just, there's there's no empty pitch. I mean, a, every pitch is entertaining when he's at the plate. Mm. I agree 100%. He was almost – wasn't he rumored to be a Dodger at one point? Yeah, yeah. I wish that would have happened, I mean, but, you know, well, at least we get to see him a lot since <laughs> he's in the same division. <laughs> That's true. I feel like we're in rumors for, like, every expensive player, like the Yankees. Yeah. So – I don't know yeah. how much that means. Um, but anyway, Danny, who you got number five? Speaking of the Dodgers, for my number five, I have third baseman Max Muncie. That is uh, – sorry. I did not think that's the one we were going to share. <laughs> that is not who no I thought kidding. we were going to be. <laughs> wow. <laughs> how about that? Man, great minds think alike. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, I just, God, I love his game. Well, Brett, you've got him on your list, too. So. I'll, yeah, I'll go ahead. So, 
So as far as the actual playing of the game, he he's got the best plate discipline I've ever seen in a player. I mean, it's just it's unbelievable. Like if he didn't swing at it, it's a ball. I mean, that's the way I look at it. it just incredible plate discipline. That's a boring skill, I guess, but he's so good at it, it's entertaining. And you wouldn't think it from looking at him, but he's probably the biggest shit talker and bat flipper on my list. Um, he's famous for the uh, – he hit the home run into McCovey Cove off Madison Bumgarner and uh, told him to – as he was riding the bases, told him to go get it out of the ocean. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Could not have happened to a more deserving pitcher. Yeah. Absolutely. Fuck yeah. Madison Bumgarner. <laughs> Go fucking do a front flip off your dirt bike and get it out of the ocean. <laughs> that is just an all-time line. To think I'm of writing, that in the moment. I'm writing that down right now. I got to Google that one. Get it out That's of the so ocean. Oh, my God. The, we had we had shirts made like the players were wearing them to warm up the next week. Like, you know, the, the Dodgers logo – my pennant got it on there, but the Dodgers logo, that's like the ball flying and like the red stripes, like indicating that the ball is flying. They made shirts where they turned the red lines into ocean waves. <laughs> like, oh, go get it out of the ocean. That's hilarious. <laughs> oh, man. Anytime your trash talk line gets made into merchandise, you, you've got a yes. good one. All right, Danny, who you got number six? It's um, going to be hard to top Max Muncy, though. I mean, come on. Yeah. Uh, my number six is a uh, catcher, Wilson Contreras. Okay. And flexing on us. <laughs> so I'll go ahead and go to my catcher now since uh, I was going to save him for last, but I had a hard time picking a catcher because I, I don't know if nowadays the position – doesn't lend itself to entertaining players or whatever, but I'll come back to that. The man that I chose was Salvador Perez with Kansas City, um, simply because he's just huge. He's too big to be a catcher. And was, it's, it's just funny. It's funny to see, like when, especially when he's running the bases. It's like a and he has to slide into second or something. It's like a B fifty two bomber landing. I mean, <laughs> it was actually a coin flip between Contreras and Salvador Perez for me. Okay. So it, it hit me today. I was wondering why it was so hard to find an entertaining catcher. Tell me if you agree with this, Danny. The It hit me today that nobody steals bases anymore. So they like don't. the most entertaining part of being a catcher to me is that guy with the big arm who's always gunning out base stealers. Yep. And we just don't know who those guys are. Now, we'll see, hopefully, with the rule changes, we'll see who those guys are next year. But, you know, there ain't no Pudge Rodriguez's and dudes like that that are just gunning out base runners these days. Oh, right. I think the last big stealing threat that I remember everybody was was really excited about was Billy Hamilton because, I mean, he was – Yeah. He was just – I mean, he was a terror on the bases in the minors. But when he got to the majors – I mean, he he did okay, but it just it didn't mirror what he did in the minors. You can't steal first, is what they say. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and real quick, Brett, could you explain the rule? Because I'm not familiar with the new. What, what's going to lead to new to more bases being stolen? So the smaller thing is they're making the bases bigger. So there's literally going to be a shorter distance you have to run it's a matter of inches but still the bigger rule is that they're limiting the amount of times that the pitcher can throw over so uh you know there will be a point that the limit is three so like what if the pitcher's thrown over there one time or certainly twice that lead can stretch out pretty damn big now so that's hopefully that's going to lead to a lot more stolen bases and speed the game up, obviously. Because I do like that's one of the most exciting plays in the game. So I agree oh. we need more of them. And I saw someone float an idea on Twitter that the game cannot end if you haven't 
stolen a base. That should be a new rule. You should have to steal a base to end the game. I like that. <laughs> like you can get it in the first inning if you want, or but if you're up bottom of the ninth, then you got to send the guy. Yep. Yep. I love it. So that's that's coming in uh, 2026, maybe. I don't know. All right. Where are we at? Um, I'm having it's trouble. D- Danny's turn. That's right. Seven, I believe. Seven. Um, my seventh hitter would be center fielder Julio Rodriguez for the Seattle Mariners. That was a surprise team last year, too. Yeah, yeah. They hadn't been good since our, our boy Ichiro. Yeah, you're right. Julio Rodriguez. Brett, who you got? So I'm going to go with another outfielder here, Randy Arozarena with Tampa Bay. So I mentioned Puig earlier. This is the closest thing to Puig that we got nowadays. Uh, another Cuban built similarly, just big muscly dude. Um, a lot of speed, a lot of power, hits line drives. He ain't up there to walk. He's up there to hit. And you want to talk about somebody having fun playing baseball. Uh, if you watched any of the world baseball classic, he actually represented Mexico. Uh, that's, when he defected from Cuba, uh, he went to Mexico and actually loved it, and then he still lives there now. So he represented Mexico. He showed up to every game wearing a sombrero and cowboy boots, just walking around the outfield. <laughs> um, he was. You, uh, we mentioned Manny Ramirez earlier, interacting with fans in the middle of the game. He was uh, in the uh, the semifinals. He was autographing the ball for fans with like one out, like in the middle of the damn inning, he'd go <laughs> like the autographing fans balls. And, shit. and uh, yeah, just a great player, a fun player and clutch. I mean, the, the world series, the Dodgers won, he had hit like 10 home runs that postseason. I mean, just when the lights are the brightest, he plays the best. So yeah, very entertaining player. In that though, in the world baseball classic, that's the dude who comes to mind. Oh, what yeah. little I saw because I couldn't find it on Fox. It was on <laughs> weird, weird channels for me. Um, yeah. But robbing the home run and doing like the the flex and just like, yeah. And didn't the pitcher didn't know he had even caught it. Like he he caught the he robbed it and like immediately immediately hit it. So like nobody knew there was a home run or not. The pitcher was even looking back like, is that a home run? <laughs> <laughs> It was so good. Just an all-time moment. It w- was he the most exciting player? Because I know Trey Turner had some moments, like with the Grand Slam and everything. But Randy's the guy who comes yeah. to mind for me. Uh, Salvador Perez did have a classic B-52 slide into second at one point. So <laughs> maybe he finished third. But, yeah, uh, yeah definitely definitely Randy Arrezarena, no question. Mm. Danny, who you got number eight? Number eight. Um, he's plays right field, but I'm going to put him in left field just because I think, as a Rangers fan, he needs to be on here. Is a uh, Adolis Garcia, El Bombi. I mean, that's a hell of a nickname. Yeah, and just just su- super duper Latin flair. He talks his shit when he hits his home runs. He does great, just great pimp jobs. He knocks him out of the park and he'll stop and stare at it like Pedro Serrano. I mean, I, I love this dude, man. He's probably my favorite player on the Rangers. He is jacked. Yeah. Oh Lord. All right. I gotta I gotta start taking in more protein or something. Um <laughs> Brett, who you got number eight? All right, I'm going to go with <clears throat> not 100% sure y'all have heard of him. Uh, Key Brian Hayes. Do y'all know the name? Uh-uh. Sounds like All a right. old jazz musician. <laughs> so he plays third base for Pittsburgh. Uh, big prospect, but the bat hasn't come around yet. He's still young. It still can. But I'm telling you, the best defensive third baseman in baseball. Um you know, he ain't going to get to do it much longer if the bat don't come around. But just defensively, I mean, he's one of the best I've ever seen. Uh, 
even better than the guy I've got next on my list who I'll get to, but just huge arm, a lot of range, uh, and just makes it look smooth. Just so smooth over there. And you know, Danny, I don't know if you, do you watch college baseball any? Sparingly. So I, I watch a ton of college baseball and I, a lot of these plays defensively that major leaguers make that they make look routine. So just when you're watching, you think this is the play that needs to get made. Uh-huh. These ain't routine plays, man. <laughs> like these are difficult plays. And I see that with college baseball, you know, I get a feel for how difficult these plays are and the major league players that can go in the hole at the third base and make that throw across the diamond to first base, you know, that make that hole, make that play deep in the hole at shortstop and make them look routine. That shit is so entertaining to me because I know how difficult it is, you know, as easy as they make it look and check out key Brian Hayes. Cause if, if you ever have the misfortune of watching Pittsburgh, uh, you know, it ain't all bad because <laughs> hopefully they hit the ball his way. All you had to say about him is his middle name is Kobe. Shit, oh. I didn't know that. Wow. No, so he, you he said he plays solicit. for the Pirates? Yeah. And he's third base? Yep. Okay. I'm they must have oh, so him and um in well, what's the other dude? O'Neal Cruz. Does he play shortstop? Yeah. Okay. Like well, he must six, be. He's like six seven. Okay, he must be the truth then, because Key Brian Hayes would be playing short on any other team. I feel like like he's so rangy, so good. Yeah. Okay. Oh, this dude is legitimately six foot seven. That is yeah. incredible. <laughs> That's crazy. Playing, playing been shortstop. On... <laughs> <laughs> he should have been on my basketball baseball list. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. so a Kobe and an O'Neal teammates. Wow. Oh my God. That's crazy. <laughs> All right, Danny, who you got ninth? Uh ninth for DH, I have Shohei Otani. Got to. I mean, just off the strength of the sound of his back, the crack of his bat when it goes yard. It's, oh God. It's it's like can't get enough of it and this dude is striking out Mike Trout to end the world baseball classic first of all an incredible three pitches exactly like what you you got to get that on Fox if you're major league baseball number one (laughs) it can't be another rerun of are you smarter than a fifth grader or whatever was on or the masked singer don't even get me started yes lord (laughs) Um, but this dude is great at two different things with the, I, I don't even know what, what would be the, the other sports comp for a guy who could do this? I mean, it'd be a dude that was the quarterback and then went and played linebacker or some shit. Like Mahomes was and did also... Yeah, right. Yeah, if Mahomes was also, you know, getting an interception a game at strong safety or something. I mean. Man. All right, bro. Well, who you got ninth? All right. Finally, I have got Manny Machado. So, you know the saying, uh, whether you love me or hate me, you're watching. Uh, Well, I hate Manny Machado, and I am still watching. Uh, He... (laughs) (laughs) He's, I mean, he's so good. He, he's such a good hitter, beautiful right-handed swing, a smart hitter. Like you, you can see the wheels turn in every at bat. Like he, he figures out what pitch is coming and just blasts it. Elite, elite defensive third baseman. Everything I said about Key Brian Hayes, you know, he's got that too, just with a little less smoothness. I mean, so he's an elite player and plays for the Padres. Played a half season for the Dodgers and couldn't hit water if he fell out of a boat so we hate him as dodgers uh but you know i'm, I'm glad he's i'm glad he's stuck around in the division because he is fun to watch for sure and he's fun to pull against mm. all right well let's talk we talked shohei who we mentioned is a pitcher but let's talk pitchers who do y'all like to watch when it comes to pitchers danny you you go first homerism strikes again uh jacob de 
just knock on wood that he can stay healthy this year. Yeah. That's a big if. Yeah. That is scary. I feel like if you have played for the Mets at some point, are you just brittle? I feel like they always got guys who are just falling apart, even more than regular pitchers. It's a good observation. Matt Harvey, we just saw Edwin Diaz. I was about to say, yeah, Diaz. I was about to say Matt Harvey, yeah, yeah. Zach Zach Wheeler, David Wright. Yeah. Something is up in New York. Yeah, the cesspit is. Damn, yeah. 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 Huh. Uh, Brett, who do you have? Hopefully they didn't play for the Mets. No. Um, although his hair is the same color as their uniforms. Um, Dustin May. So, uh, Dodger starting pitcher, Dustin May, uh, just on appearance alone, he is entertaining. I feel like a non-baseball fan strolling past the television. If they see him on there, they're going to stop and look. He's six 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 seven under 200 pounds so extremely lanky dude huge red afro whatever you want to call it just a huge bunch of red hair coming out of his hat throws a hundred uh just a lot of fun to watch and he's still young he he's still in that part of his career where he's learning new pitches like he'll come out this year throwing pitches that I didn't even know he threw. So, like, I I love to watch young pitchers grow and develop and learn new pitches and all that. And he's still in that part of his career. Yeah. I mean, tall, skinny dude, red hair, throwing 100. It's fun to watch. Mm. Well, I'm I'm shocked looking at the list that the only overlap was Max Muncy. Max Muncy. Very funny. (laughs) (laughs) I would have lost a lot of money on that. Uh, but Brett, you mentioned one of the rule changes, especially with the with the bigger bases. Why don't you go into a couple more? I know Major League Baseball, much like myself, is interested in making the game, if not necessarily more fun, at least faster. So, what else are they doing? So the biggest rule change is to make the game faster. It's the pitch clock. So you got twenty seconds to throw the ball now. I was if we'd have done this show. A month ago, I would have had a whole different list of takes on these new rules. I was very skeptical about all of them, but I think I'm all in in favor of every one of them now. The the pitch clock, I was skeptical because in order for that to work, you've got to actually enforce it. Right? If you're not making the pitcher actually throw in 20 seconds, who gives a shit what the clock says? They're, they're enforcing it in spring training, and it has apparently cut the game time down from like three hours on average to two and a half. So this is wow. a significant mm. – <laughs> this is significant. And much as I love baseball, I would love to be able to go to the park and get back home within two and a half hours. Thank <laughs> you. Thank you. <laughs> I echo so, that same sentiment. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the big one. Um, we talked about the the base stealing improvements or what we hope will improve base stealing. The other big one, the shift. Um, they're banning the shift. You gotta have, yeah, yeah, yeah. Before we get there, real quick, isn't there like a batter clock too that they're doing? Yeah, yeah it's basically. Was it like eight I guess seconds the, or something? Yeah, the, the it's like a shorter clock within that twenty seconds, so that they're not messing up the twenty seconds. If that makes sense, gotcha. like they've got to be in the box. They can't be the reason that the pitcher don't throw it within twenty seconds. Okay, we'll have to see. If yeah, that affects, I think right, it is eight seconds. That affects Juan Soto's uh, <laughs> yeah. batter's box antics. <laughs> yeah, because I've seen a couple of guys get called out on strikes as to end some spring training games too because they they weren't ready. And I think mm-hmm. there's been some confusion about. It has nothing really to do with the pitcher being set and ready to throw. You just have to be in the box. And I think that that's caught a couple guys off guard or something weird. Yeah, the batter's yeah, the batter's got to be in there ready to hit, I think, with eight seconds, like you said. And then I think the pitcher's got to be starting his delivery. It might be 15 seconds with bases empty and then with somebody on base is 20, something like that. But it is – 
I was skeptical it would really make an impact, but it, I mean, 30 minutes per game shortened. That's a big deal. Yeah, it really is. Amen. And then you mentioned the shift too. Yeah. So now you've got to have two infielders on each side of second base. So you could still move your shortstop like to second base basically, but he, you can't have three people on one side of the infield anymore. Those days are over. And Danny, I want to hear how you think about the shift, but like, on principle, I hate the idea of telling a team how you can play. It's like when they mm-hmm. ban the zone defense in the NBA. Like, I just – I don't like them making rules, like telling you what you can and can't do. But in practice, I think it's going to be better for the game. I mean, it's going to open up holes. It's going to make more base hits, and I think that's more entertaining. Yeah. Yeah, with uh, – I think with a lot of sports, like, we – what we think is the most entertaining thing really isn't like with, with college football, for instance, they talk about high scoring games. We want to see 60 to 50 games and shit, but nobody watches the big 12. Everybody watches the sec, right? Like where the best defenses are. And like we years ago, we thought home runs and strikeouts were the most entertaining things in baseball. But I think we've learned base hits, putting the balls in play, uh, Guys stealing bases, guys going first to third, guys trying to score from first on balls in the gap. Those are the most entertaining things in baseball. And hopefully we can get back to seeing more of that. Yeah, because like that's most of my baseball experience is via video games. And I would be trying to get on base, steal some bases. I wasn't bunting, but um, because <laughs> that's ridiculous. But you want to see action and it's just weird to show up and like a, a perfect game. I get why a perfect game is incredible, but it's like nothing really happens. Especially, <laughs> I, I mean, if you've heard me talk about sports at all, I'm clearly a big fan of offense. So yeah. um, you have to keep me entertained that way. And baseball has really pun intended dropped the ball there. Yeah. <laughs> so, and I mean, in a home run, like it's obviously amazing to see a dude hit a ball 450 feet, but like nothing really happened. Nobody tried to get the ball. <laughs> it just fucking flew out of the bar. You know, I mean, <laughs> that's all that happened. <laughs> yeah. So, so are there any other things that y'all are looking forward to this season outside of the rules changes and these incredible players that you've given us, Danny? Um, or how are you feeling about your Texas Rangers? How are you feeling about your Rangers? If you want to answer I'm, that, I'm somewhat optimistic. Um, we got got a new manager in Bruce Bochy, who was the former manager of the Giants when they had their three World Series titles back in the 2010s, and you know them being the front office specifically being aggressive pursuing starting pitching, so. I was shocked as hell when they got to Grom. We got him, got uh, Nathan Eovaldi from the Red Sox, mm. and um, uh, I think John Gray. So the biggest weakness on our team has the potential to be arguably our biggest strength. That's all contingent on whether or not this stack can stay healthy. Like I said, especially with Jacob DeGrom. But I'm I'm happy. I'm excited to see what's going to happen this year. And I really do think like changing training staffs because you'd see that once again, I've been doing it all show, bringing it back to basketball, but like, like a Grant Hill going to the Phoenix suns and Grant Hill could not stay healthy. He kept having the ankle issue. He goes to Phoenix, a staff that knows what they're doing. And he played like 37 more years, perfectly fine. So I do think now we've been talking about all these Mets injuries, that's kind of – I don't believe in coincidences, so I'm hoping that works out for you. Brett, should I be excited about the Dodgers this season? I do want to say Nathan Avaldi, former Dodger. Uh, not many people know that. Um, we traded him away pretty early, but I didn't I didn't know y'all had him. Didn't he had John Gray, former Rocky either, uh, so I've yeah. seen plenty of him. Uh, that's, that's exciting. So the Dodgers – 
we didn't do shit this offseason. We didn't sign anybody. We didn't make big, flashy trades, any shit like that. But I'm still very optimistic because we typically, under this new front office, we have usually the best farm system in baseball. And I think we're going to get to see a lot of those guys come up and play this year. Uh, Miguel Vargas, uh, the minor league scouts and stuff in the Dodgers organization say he's got the best bat to ball skills they've ever seen. And we know they've obviously seen some good ones like Corey Seager. Uh, so I'm excited to see him. James Altman, uh, outfielder. He's had a huge spring training, huge power, you know, like 500 foot power. Um, so, you know, we're flying under the radar as much as the Dodgers can fly under the radar, but I'm, is definitely so good well i mean i'm hyped up especially after the world baseball classic that that did a lot to get me hyped up but definitely now that i have a list of people to keep up with um then obviously the rangers and the dodgers if we didn't cover your team and you're interested in hearing about them have i got a podcast for you where fans of all teams show up and talk about baseball danny plug your shit yes uh my podcast is called at the plate with danny foxworth and i basically talk with my twitter friends about their favorite baseball teams and they put i put them out once a week and started because i started noticing the amount of twitter people that i'm friends with and all the different teams that they that they root for and I always wanted to start a podcast, so I figured that was my opening because I didn't know anybody else that was talking about baseball in that manner. So I've had A's fans on, A's, Orioles, just had a Mets fan on. I put that episode out today. Check that one out. Uh, Yankees. Um, yeah, and there's like a bunch of other teams and a bunch of other guests that I have lined up that I'm going to get out and put out to the people. So at the plate with Danny Foxworth is available on all streaming platforms and the video is also available on YouTube. Boom. And like both of y'all's lists, a lot of color in the players. Danny got the blackest baseball podcast in America. <laughs> and I think that's what makes it the best baseball podcast in America. Thank you, sir. Brett, I don't, I don't think you have anything to plug, but maybe you come show the new baby or something. I don't know. Do you have anything to plug? <laughs> I've, I've got two children under two. Look for them and look for one of them in about 18 years on the baseball field. <laughs> Wonderful. He's tied his right hand behind his back already. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, this has been another episode of Beyond the Arc with Brandon Silver. It's not just any episode, though, but the first ever MLB preview is fantastic. Hope you enjoyed it. Don't forget to like, rate, subscribe, review, and share. And I will catch y'all next week. <laughs>